before I have Gary come up, I have been making this a big deal because uh, we announced a couple weeks ago that Gary and Don are moving to, to Boise, and that's exciting. That's a big move. That's a real big move. And so it's, it's not just big, say, financially. It's big because our whole church, in all four churches, this, is, this really changes things in this setting. So to put uh, another elder out in Boise and to begin to pastor the church, that is a big-time thing. Our prayers and efforts are going to go toward that, helping them move and so, you know, let's start thinking about this because we do want to try to raise an offering to help them move. Uh, they come out from us, and one of the things I've always tried to have in mind, uh, we had bought some cameras that cost us like $1,000 before this was donated to us. When these other churches need cameras, I give it to them. It's like, there's no way we're going to hoard anything. And if, if, we, if God started this work in this church right here, we're going to do our best to help represent that and help take care. So be thinking about this, uh, sowing and giving, uh, not only to the Spirit, but there is a type of sowing, and we just love giving, and we'll help each other out. So keep that in mind, uh, because they will really appreciate that as they try to maneuver through all this change, Okay. All right, let's, uh, let's give the Lord a hand as Gary comes. God bless you. You guys doing good? Yeah, we, you know, we're very excited. Um, I'm a little bit different. I will not be crying when I move to Boise. I've moved 34 times in my lifetime. And that includes about 15 states. So for me, I could pack up and leave today. But because we have wives and we got children and we've got things we got to handle, it takes a little time, doesn't it? So I know that uh, so many of you have reached out. We really appreciate that. We're going to be spending the next few months getting the home ready and get everything uh, in order right? You got to be a little strategic in some of this stuff. Making a move like that is not an easy one. We're definitely not going to move in the winter. <laughs> Crossing the mountain, that's not wise, right? But uh, we do appreciate all of you. And, you know, my thought is very simple in this regard. Uh, this is where the whole thing started. I've already told Dan, look, there's an intimacy, a foundation, there's a trust, there's a building of the things of God that originated right here. God gave that word to Rick. He raised us up as sons. That's never going to change. And I will carry everything that has been accomplished here with me when I go. There will be no separation in that regard. Uh, I've already started pointing people back to Chicago uh, it'll be foremost in my mind and the engagement of what God is doing in the, the things that God has planned for us, both in prophecy and the work of it, even to this life is awesome and amazing. And we can't wait to see what God's going to do. It's going to be fun. 
It's going to be a, a lot of fun. Like Rick used to say, every day is an adventure in God. So if you want to be part of it, you just got to join in, don't you? So we're going we're gonna to kick this off. And by the way, I wanted to say, Ann, thank you so much. That was awesome. That song was amazing. I listened to the words of that. Boy, that was, that was, a, that was an amazing song. And there was one part that really stood out to me, <clears throat> and it was because the Christ has come, we're going to go get those captive souls of men. That's awesome, man. This is why we taught and preached the other night about who you are in the word of God and why it's so important for you to put your focus and your trust and your the consciousness, the awareness, the, the meditation, the prayer, all of it in who you actually are in God. And we're going to pick up from that because you are the word of God. Paul said at one time, like, you were once darkness, but now are you light? That's Genesis 1-2, isn't it? God said, let there be light. The thing that was darkness is not darkness anymore because it's now the beginning of the creation of God. That word that God has given us over all these years, has it not been creating in you the hope of glory? That's awesome, man. Jesus is among us. He is with us. And when Jesus comes, that whole thing, that whole world, everything the enemy has done, God's about to change it all. You just got to believe who you are, know who you are. Let's go back over to James. I just want to pick up. Where I left off there, it's 11.05. Dan's got me consciously thinking now about the time. <laughs> so I'm going to time stamp myself. 11.05. Well, that, we're going to preach it. We're just going to be conscious of how long we're going to preach it. <laughs> Besides, somebody said the butt can't stand more than about 40 minutes anyway. And the mind can't retain about 40% of that 40 minutes. All you have to do is catch one quickened word, though. If you sit here this morning, try to pick, you know, every single word. You know, Dan's up here teaching. He's teaching all this good stuff. And you're like, man, I got I to gotta get all of this. No, you just got to get one quickened word. That young word of God in you. If it hears one good word, oh, boy, it'll be good, won't it? So James 1 and... Let's get down here to where we were at the other night. We can just pick up in verse 16. This is where James said, Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will... Begot he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. That's that, that's that enemy that we were talking about, right? But be doers of the word, not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. If any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. He beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. 
But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed. And I think I'm going to stop right there. Jesus said, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the churches, right? Who's the he there? Now, we talked, we talked Wednesday night. I, I think it was Monday night, actually. We talked about who you are. You are that word of God. And that word of God in you wants to do what? It wants to live for God. Because it, it's of God. Born of God. Begotten of God. But if that word is being held in captivity right now, in death. Like Ann sung about those, those souls of men. The thing which is soul is the part that went out, the part that fell away, the part that's in the earth, the part that's needing God, that's lost without God. Because in death there's no remembrance. But if, if the word of the Lord comes forth, and he, that word in you, just gave you the answer, right? That word in you hears what the Lord is saying. I like how Dan said it the other day. King of kings and Lord of lords. So who is that word of God in you? Is it not the Lord? Is it not a king in waiting? It, I, I'm, I'm asking you guys. You with me? Have you ever thought about that word in you being a king? You say, well, I don't know if I'm a king yet. Yet. But it's in waiting, isn't it? What is he waiting on? Kind of like Galatians 4. That young Student, that young uh, child, that young heir, waiting on a word from heaven to enlighten, to quicken, to reveal who? The Lord. The Lord from heaven. So if that word of God from heaven comes to that young word of God in you, Nancy, and begins to talk to that word and remind that word, where it came from, where he came from, where she came from, where that word of God existed in the beginning, before the fall, before the going out, before the separation. You know, Isaiah said, your sin has separated you from me. That's what God said. But before that, was, was everything not good? Was everything awesome? You say, well, I would like to remember that. That's what the Lord is doing. He's coming back from heaven and he's talking to that word of God in you. Because that word of God in you is him. It's of him. It's of God. So God is here to enlighten you. To remind you. To quicken you. He's not trying to quicken Dave Shrum. He's not trying to quicken Paula Shrum. He's not trying to quicken you, John. He's after the word of God in you. Once the anointing comes into you, the spirit of truth begins to anoint you and guide you. He's not guiding you, Micah. He's guiding the word of God from heaven. Now, what do you got to do? You got to give yourself to that word. I mean, listen, the devil has told you long enough that you're not worthy, that you're not of God. That you're not going to make it. That your sin and your frailties and your weaknesses are greater in power. But that's not what God told me. 
He said, greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. So now you got two he's. You call it two men, two worlds, two eternities. There's so many different ways to go at this. And when you only have an hour and a half to preach, you can't get to it all. That's why I got I to gotta let Dan teach a little bit. I got to let Micah come up here. Somebody's going to have to finish it, right? But I promise I'll do my best to get most of it out this morning. So when we're talking about the he's, which he or you? Or which she, Megan, or you? Naomi, which she or you? Because it works in both male and female, doesn't it? When you go back to Deuteronomy 13, you see that false prophet? Is that the he? Is that the other he? Is that the one that is an antagonist? A seducer? A traducer? A deceiver? Uh Uh-huh. Has he done his best to persuade you that you are of him? Anybody relate to that or am I alone in this thing? Well, I know I'm not alone because I know Dan's experienced it. Rick's experienced it. Who else has experienced it? That at one point you thought you were of the other. That he was your father. And you say, oh, that's an easy one. I know God is my father. Let me just tell you from experience. You can go through some things and actually contend with the thought that you are of another. And you might not say that is possible, but trust me when I tell you, it takes God's anointing to reveal the revelation of Jesus Christ to you and show you your origin, the tongue wherein you were born, To show you that you are truly a son of God and not a son of the wicked one. You say, well, I think that's been decided long, long ago in me. Well, your parable tells the story, doesn't it? But your thoughts, they can betray you. Your thoughts, you you begin to try to go in the direction of God. And if your thought is not clear, if you do not have the the wisdom and understanding of the Lord, knowing who you are in him, that that word of God from the beginning is not only who you are, but it's who you've always been. We spent so many years preaching the message of who you are in God. Didn't we? Why is it being revisited right now? Well, it's very simple. Now is the time. Now is the time that that young word of God, not only is a believer, we're talking about going way beyond just believing in this thing. We're talking about changing your eternity. We're talking about that son of God rising up in you. Because if that son of God doesn't rise up in you, Megan, then who saves that world? Who goes to those lost souls of men and preaches the everlasting gospel and brings them out of captivity into the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Who? Who's going to do that for you if it's not the word of God in you? Because I promise you, if you go ask Daniel, 
That Jesus has risen up in him. That, that man of God back there, that son is walking in a resurrection. Make no mistake about it. Full of the Holy Ghost. Same for Rick. What if that same word of God is ready to come into a resurrection in you? What do you think, Micah? Because when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you, and drives that young word of God into a wilderness place. Guess what's going to be decided in that place, bro? You're going to have clear separation. That man of sin is going to be made known to you in the intimacies of God. You're going to know him well. You're going to know what you're contending with in that body of death, in that flesh. And it's in that moment that you're going to look that enemy in the eye and you're going to make it very clear to him who you are. That that word of God in you was sent from heaven, that God is your father and that you have great purpose and that there's nothing, no temptation given unto man that's going to succumb because the word of God has been destined in you for an eternal purpose. That's when the world is about to change. Are you hearing me? Because when that son of God comes out of that wilderness place and overcomes that wicked one, overcomes that flesh and puts that flesh in its place, he is going to return in the power of the spirit. And the first thing he does is walk into the temple, walk into the synagogue, opens the book of Isaiah and say, this day. This day is the spirit of the Lord upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel. That is giving all of hell notice. You guys remember the message Dan preached recently about kicking down the gates of hell? That's what Jesus did that day. He went right up to the gate of hell and said, days up. Time is up, devil. You have had the throne long enough. I have come. My anointing is going to take back every captive you have stolen away from our, from our heaven, from my father. I'm here to, to, to bless. I'm here to heal. I'm here to deliver. I'm here to cast devils out. Here to lay hands on the sick. Here to raise the dead. When that begins to happen... Your world, Micah, begins to change. There's a great Holy Ghost conversion that God has set in motion. The anointing is going to begin to impart a great visitation of God. And if you don't think every angel in heaven is watching with anticipation over the conversion of one soul... The book of Acts talks about Peter standing up, man. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about a resurrection. Pay attention to that kind of stuff because when it, when it talks about a standing up, we're talking about a rising up, a resurrection from the dead. Peter was now filled with the Holy Ghost. God changed his tongues. And those 120 that were in that upper room in him were converted and filled with God Holy Ghost. God's Holy Ghost. And as soon as Peter stood up, what did he begin to do, Micah? Did he begin to preach? He began to preach like he had never preached before. I'm not saying that Peter was yet in perfection. There were still some things that Peter had to come to, wasn't there? God visited Peter greatly. 
And there was a little bit of a struggle in some matters, but I'll tell you this. He had a revelation now of the Son of God, and he knew who Jesus was of a truth. There was no more unsurety about the prophecy of God. He even, he even wrote later in one of his epistles, we now have a more sure word of prophecy. What does that mean? Does that mean that maybe right now that young word of God is a little unsure about how prophecy is at work and what God's intent is, what God's plan is? Have you even had thoughts in you that you don't even know God has a plan for you? I, I promise you this, you are not here by circumstance. You are not here by coincidence. There is a divine call. You call it divine providence if you want to. Call it whatever you desire. But I'm telling you this. In the very beginning, God prophesied this thing. And we are here because of that. Make no mistake about it. And no matter what the devil has tried to do, he cannot change that. You know the only thing, and we've said it for years. The only thing that could temporarily, and I'll say it like that, temporarily offset that, if you will. Because when you look at it from eternity, it changes everything, Dan. When you see something from eternity, there's no more concern. Because I, I, it, you, who can I use? Somebody just raise your hand real quick. You don't mind me using you as an example. Now, don't, don't get too offended by this. But Dave, let's just say this. Let's say that right now, the word of God... Obviously in you, right, bro? But it's not quite maybe coming to the goodness of God, the, the, the gift, the, the, the fulfillment of prophecy, the, the dead men's bones in Ezekiel's vision, the prophecy that Rick gave us. Maybe it's not quite come to fruition as of yet. Let's say, God forbid, that it did not do so in this physical life. How accustomed, how familiar are we to judge it accordingly? To say, oh, well, Dave didn't make it. Sharon, you raised your hand. I'll use you too. Oh, Sharon didn't make it. Now what? You judged it after the flesh. What about Dan looking into prophecy? What if Dan's angel takes a look through eternity and he sees that young word of God receive another visitation and God finishes it and brings it to a resurrection beyond what you know right now? What I'm telling you is you can't judge this thing according to the flesh. Because eternity is big, big, big. And you know why eternity is big? Because God is big. God's bigger than you have imagined. I, listen, we're all in this boat together because I promise you, there's still things of God in me that have yet to be imagined. You say, my God, man, even as elders? Oh, yeah. There's greater things to come, greater things that will be, things that still have to be imagined in the Holy Ghost. But what if God visits that angel, Dave? What if Dan's angel visits you in another generation? And it, it wouldn't matter anyway, whether it was the word in you now in this avatar or the word in your third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh generation from now. Don't you understand the angel of the Lord is going to visit because that word of God has come into this anointing and submitted to it. And because of that, God has put you into prophecy. And that devil can't stop it. 
I mean, this is a glorious, glorious truth. Now, how would you like to stay in the eternity of sin and death? You wouldn't want to do that, would you? You wouldn't want your family. When we talk about moving out to Boise and leaving children, well, I'll just be very frank with you. We've got children that, that do not, okay, do not, by religious terms, live for God. Well, they're not saved at all. Let me tell you something. In me, it's a different story. In my angel, different story. Because prophecy is working. So I can't measure it just by one experience in this life. I can't measure it by what I now know in the avatar. What do we have to partake of? That word of God in us, when it begins to rise up, it comes into the understanding, into the interpretation of prophecy, and God makes the plan known. That's why it's so important that that word comes up. What I'm basically telling you guys is that not only are you the word, but you need to come into the consciousness of that word because the world in you, Naomi, depends upon it. It depends upon it. Imagine every soul in you crying out for God. Who's going to answer that call, Nancy? Who's going to answer that call, Marty? Marvin, who's going to answer that call, bro? Brad, who's going to answer the call? When the cherub took the coal from the altar and touched the lips of Isaiah. Johnny said, I, I'm, a, I'm an unclean man. I live in the midst of unclean people. But when that seraph got a hold of that coal and touched his lips, it purged him. And he knew immediately who he was. He knew, I am of God. I'm a son of God. And then when God said, we need someone to go and stand in the gap and make up the hedge, who will go for us? Isaiah didn't even hesitate. I will go. That's what knowing who you are will do. That's why it's so important that you know the word of God in you is from not only the beginning, but it will exist, John, throughout eternity. My God, man, we make plans in this life. And we think they're a big, big deal. Like going to Boise is a big, big deal. Yeah, in this avatar, it's a big, big deal. But when you look at it from the perspective of eternity, changes everything, Brad. How many souls will be saved, bro? Think about it from that perspective. How many captives will be delivered? How, how much greater will the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ be increased? Because I sit down, I think it was actually at uh, uh, Beth and Tony's, uh, little, the graduation they had for the girls there. And I sat down and Rick said something very profound to me. He said, Gary, you, you could go and you could stay. Here in Chicago. You could stay here in Chicago and you'll, you'll do just fine. Interesting. And I was like, oh boy. He just said something there. So what do, you, what do you think that word of God in me did? Just tap right in. And it was a split second. 
And when he presented that to me, Naomi, it was so clear. You stay here, you're going to be fine. You move to Boise, you're going to be fine. You're going to do well either way. I said, "Uh uh-huh. That young word of God began to speak up and say, however, if I go, the kingdom of God will be increased, won't it? And he said, yeah. That was it, Marty. End of discussion. End of any decision making. It was settled in that moment. That was an eternal moment of conversation. Do you understand what I'm saying? That was no longer a decision about avatars, rental trucks, homes, market average being 74% higher than anywhere else in the country. All of that faded away. The only decision that could be made was that one. Now, do you hear how I said that? In my mind, in the consciousness, Brad, of the word of God, that was the only decision that could be made. And here comes the other. Not in me. Oh, no, no, no. I told you it was settled. But from without, here comes the other. But what about this? What about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? Jobs aren't going to let you move and work there. You're going to have to find new jobs and you have to do this. You're going to have to do that. And all of this other the he was talking. The she was talking. I mean, all kinds of people started saying things. And I was like watching the whole thing from the mind of God, from the mind of the word of God. The consciousness of God, that that word of God. And I I call it young word of God to make it relatable. Not so young anymore. Because that's what the word of God does. It grows up, doesn't it? Let me read you something. We're almost done. Let's go over to, where is it? The Gospel of John, chapter 1. You guys know this, right? Know this very well. Talking about in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word became God. That's, we've preached that for years, man. That's what we're talking about. That Word of God becoming in you, right? And talking about Jesus. Talking about the Son of God. The light shining in darkness. The darkness did not comprehend it. This is Genesis 1 verse 2, right? But listen. This man named John came. As a witness, to bear witness of that light, Jesus. Because if we have not made it clear, we are preaching Jesus. We are not preaching ourselves. Right now, the spirit of the world has done everything possible to distract, to allure, to draw you away. Even preachers. Oh, you need to do this, man. If you did this, you capitalize on this, boy, you'd be, you'd put yourself out there. You'd be great, man. Everybody would see it. Everybody hear this gospel. Let me tell you something. This world right now, and I'm just going to be very plain. This world right now does not want to hear the gospel of Jesus. You know what, what God's going to do with this thing? God's going to intimately go. Rick has always said the one-on-one conversations, that's where it's at. So if the word of God in Daniel can sit down with you, Marty, and talk to the word of God in you, 
and the intimacy of prophecy goes to work, what do you think God's going to do? Is he going to counsel that word of God? Is he going to teach that word of God? Is he going to lead that word of God? See, that's what John meant when he said, you'll have no need that man shall teach you. But when the anointing has come, he, he will lead you and guide you in all truth. So who's the he there? Is that not the anointed word of God in Daniel? If his angel comes into play, is it any more a man teaching you? Or is it the anointing teaching you? You see the difference? Because if you sit down with Daniel, you're not just talking to a man. You guys realize that, right? Now, Naomi will say, well, he's a man. I promise you, I live with the guy. He's a man. And we're glad he's a man, right, Naomi? We're glad. We're happy about that. And he's a good brother. But I want to talk to his angel, Nancy. I want to talk to Rick's angel. Because if you can get past our avatar, get past the flesh and talk to, the, to us as the word of God, what's that going to do for that word of God in you? Amazing things, isn't it? But listen to what he said here. You guys all right? It's only 1132. You guys hungry yet? Well, if you're hungry for the word of God, you're getting it. Hold on, let me find it. He was in the world. The world, the world was made by him. They did not know him. He came unto his own. His own received him not. But as many as received him, this is what we preached for years. He gave them what? Power to become the sons of God. That's what the anointing of the word of God has been doing all this time. Brad, the word of God's been sown to you to give that word of God in you power to become the son of the living God. And as that word becomes, as it comes into greater sonship, what happens to that world in you, bro? God sets it on fire because the everlasting gospel is being preached. And you can hear it too, man. You can hear the preaching of the angel. You can hear it. You can even hear the angel's apostles. You can hear it. I'll be sitting over here. Man, that's going to be weird, huh? You guys look at my, my seat is going to be open soon. Who, who wants to take it? Who wants it? Who wants it? I'm not kidding. Who wants it? Because this seat right here, that's submission, man. That's, that's faithfulness. That's loyalty to the truth of God, to the ministry here, to the church here, to the kingdom of God. Who wants it? Because that's a table prepared for you in the presence of your enemies, mind you. But is that word of God in you is given power, Micah? He returned in the power of the Spirit, right? <laughs> Beth, you're gonna, Beth is texting me. I want your seat. <laughs> that's pretty hilarious. Hey, man. God bless you, Beth. We'll pray for your angel, Beth. All right. As many as received him. Have you received him? That's what we're talking about. That word of God in you. Has it received him? Everybody turn around and look at your pastor back there. Have you received him? Have you received him? Don't look at the flesh. Looks like my grandpappy, my, our granddad, long gone. Looks just like him. See a picture of him? That's Daniel, just younger, better looking. 
never mind. Have you received his word? Because his word is giving you power. His word is grafting you in. His word is imparting into you the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Has he been selfish with you, Micah? No. Stingy? Never. Ever. Kind, right? Always. Wow. But yet, handle devils if he needs to. Oh, boy. See, when you know that, it's just good, man. It's just good. Oh, I don't want nobody to know I got devils. Then you're not going to make this right now. Well, that's pretty plain. I don't want to be revealed, man. I don't want to be revealed. That's the other he talking. Let the right he talk. Let that word of God in you that's been in a prison cell, let it come out. Devil don't want him out. But when Jesus come back from that wilderness, he opened the cage, bro. And he said, come on out, little word. Come on out, little Lord. Come on out, little king. Come on out. Daddy's here. I'm here. Everything's going to be good. So what Don told me when we were up in Boise. God told me everything is good. Everything is going to be okay. You better believe it's going to be okay. You absolutely better believe it. Because you, as are all of you, under angelic covering. Angels. I told you Monday night, angels are watching out for you. Active, anointed, Holy Ghost-filled angels of God that are doing the work and will of God right now. And it's changing eternities. But listen to this. I promise I'm going to close with this. He said, even to them that believe on his name, but here's the catch. Remember what James said. We were begotten of his will by the word of truth. And he says it again here in John. That he gave us power to become the sons of God, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That young word of God in us, Micah? Born of God. And what did, what did John say in one of his later epistles? He that is born of God cannot sin, cannot be overcome by the man of sin. He's born of God. That's what God's doing for us. When Peter stood up and said, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, have we stopped believing that? That other he says, yeah, okay, fine, fine, fine. You cross the line. You're a believer. Big flippity-doo. Even the devils believe and tremble. He's got the gall to say things just like that. But what that word of God does when it rises up, it says, well, here's the rest of the story. Kind of like Paul Harvey. You guys remember that guy? I used to love listening to him. And the rest, never mind. You got to get the rest of the story. God's telling a great big story. Are you part of that story? Yes. The word of God in you. 
Dad, what'd you text me yesterday? Let me look that up. Hold on. Let me find it. Deborah Sitter. Good morning. Does God remove my curses as he changes me? Ooh. You like that question? I did. Does God change these curses? What I say, Deb? Yes, he does! Exclamation! That's what we're talking about. If that word of God in you has been held in captivity, guess what Jesus came to do for that word of God in you? Deliver it. You better believe he's going to break curses. You better believe you could remain in a body of death but anointed and full of the Holy Ghost and preach the gospel in that flesh. That's how good our God is. So, as we go forth in God, remember, eternity, we're talking eternity, not just a move. As we go forth in God, what does that mean? It means the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is increased. God's kingdom is enlarged. Do you know what that means? It means, Paul said it like this one time. He said to the Corinthians church, because of your faith, because you came into the consciousness of the word of God that we sowed to you, because you believed it and you received it and you grew up in it, because of that, we can go forward now into regions beyond where we've ever been before. We can take the gospel further now because of your faith. So what happens when the word of God is increased in you? Do you know that Dan's increased? You know Rick is increased? You know I'm increased? You know all of us as elders of God were increased? Did you know that? We've been waiting on some of you for a while. And we've had to contend with the other he. But for some of you, uh-huh, I said some of you, it could be all of you. But for some of you, the right he is starting to talk back to us. Because we have the attention now of that word of God. And you're beginning to believe, Marvin, that you are that word of God, aren't you? And as that word of God comes forth, we're able to lead that word now. That's why you've seen such a change in Micah. Because he was not always so. Nor was I. Few, few t-shirts. But God can change that. Just one quicken word and move you forward. We love you guys. It's been such an honor to, to be here over all these years and to sit in that seat right there and listen to the word of God, to be in submission to Rick and Dan here as the pastor of the church. Man, what a bless. What, I mean, we are so blessed. And to know now that at 54 years old, we're going to start a brand new journey in this life, but in actuality is just a continuation of everything God has already been doing in this world. Man, that's, that's hot stuff, man. That's awesome. All right, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.